Rejected. 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 In your professional career, rejection is an inevitability, an, an ever-present part of your professional career. It's also a healthy indicator that you are pushing the boundaries of your capabilities, which is always a good sign. This video covers some of the key concepts around understanding and managing rejection, as well as a closely related concept, volatility, or what many would call luck. Professional rejection can take many, many forms. You can get rejected for a job application, a promotion application, for a grant or fellowship application that you've put in, for a paper submission, for an award or prize nomination, or even for membership of a learned academy, or perhaps even becoming a director on a board. I'd like to say that rejection gets easier over time, but it never completely doesn't take a toll. There's really no completely satisfactory way to remove this feedback signal. If you cared enough to put yourself in the frame for the thing that you're applying for in the first place, then it's always going to sting a little bit if you get rejected. Failure and rejection are an ever-present part of your career, and you can learn much in the process of being rejected, even if it's sometimes quite painful. But for this to be true, there needs to be some sort of signal in the feedback process, some sort of constructive criticism or feedback on how you can improve your capabilities or skill set so you have a better chance of succeeding the next time. Having some rejection in your professional career is also a healthy sign that you're pushing your boundaries appropriately. If you're never ever getting rejected in your career, it's probably an indicator that you're not pushing yourself sufficiently and should consider doing so. But not all rejection is helpful or constructive. Toxicity-based rejection, where you're getting rejected because of rampant discrimination or perhaps because you're in a toxic workplace environment, is not healthy and doesn't really help you beyond perhaps giving you a signal that you should work to get out of that environment. Likewise, if you're repeatedly getting rejected for things that you really had no business applying for in the first place, that's not particularly helpful or constructive rejection either. Rejection is also a tricky concept to manage because there are many inspirational but not necessarily helpful fables that abound. One of the most common stories that you'll hear is an individual who has persevered through many, many years of rejection and hardship to eventually succeed. Now, this is always inspiring at an individual level, but you always need to think about the opportunity cost. What could that person or individual, who's usually very passionate and very hardworking, have achieved or done instead of following that particular path? Persevering through years on years of rejection always indicates that that individual has bravery, courage, fortitude, but does not necessarily indicate that that was the best use of that person's time. While some rejection will always be present in your career, endless rejection where you are almost always getting rejected is also not healthy or sustainable for most career types. In understanding and managing rejection, there is one key concept that's particularly important to appreciate, and that's the concept of volatility, or what many people would call luck. Volatility and random variation can always affect you, but is particularly impactful early on in your career. And we can illustrate this with a simple example. Let's say you're applying for a grant where you can apply once per year. The normal acceptance rate for the grant is 20%, but because you're a really strong candidate and you've got an excellent proposal, 
let's say your chances of success are 30%. So you are 50% more likely than the average applicant to be successful in that grant proposal process. You submit the grant proposal for the first time and you're unsuccessful, but you get some really good feedback and you use that feedback to improve the grant even more to the point where you now have a real chance of around 40% of being accepted. So you're twice as likely as the average applicant to be successful in the scheme. You submit the grant a second time and you are unsuccessful. And then you submit it a third time and are still unsuccessful. Statistically speaking, one in four candidates like you, even though you are much stronger than the average applicant, will be unsuccessful three years or three applications in a row. That is the key point around volatility. Volatility is somewhat less of an issue as you become more senior in your career because of the way the numbers go up. So if you're an academic putting in dozens of applications with your collaborators, the statistics will generally even out. This is very different to if you are an early career researcher, perhaps putting in one, maybe two applications per year. Being a senior academic, of course, doesn't get you out of this completely because you still care very much about the individual outcomes for your early career researchers like your PhD students and your postdocs. One of the flip sides of volatility, which isn't talked about much, is when you get an early win or early major breakthrough. You can then often suffer through a long lean period where you are unsuccessful over and over again in subsequent applications. And because you got this early win, sometimes it can feel like there is even more pressure on you to keep it up. A big part of the useful aspect of rejection is the feedback process because it gives you the opportunity for further development. It's messy though, because there are two extremes in how you can interpret the feedback or constructive criticism. One is the hostile reaction where you say everything that has been commented about your application or your paper, for example, is stupid and the reviewers are idiots. That's obviously not very useful. But the other extreme where you treat everything that the reviewers have said as being perfectly the truth is also not useful. Really, the reality is somewhere in the middle and you have to selectively filter what you take on board in terms of the feedback. This is where having a second and third opinion from someone external who you trust and respect can be very useful because they can help calibrate your reaction to the responses of the reviewers. There are some basic things you can do to help yourself better manage rejection. You can never get rid of it completely, but you can improve the way you react and respond to it. One way you can do this is simply by increasing the numbers of applications that you are putting in. It's essentially a numbers game. So instead of just leading applications, you can also be a secondary contributor on other people's applications. And that way your numbers go up and some of that volatility evens out. This doesn't completely solve the problem at an early career stage though, because you are evaluated heavily based on contributions that you lead at an early career stage. Later on in your career, you are often a secondary contributor on lots of the things that you do, and this isn't as much of an issue. Another thing you can do to manage rejection is to avoid so-called dead on arrival applications. So you should never be applying for things or at least putting substantial effort into applying for things where the application essentially has zero chance of being successful. And you need to consider this both on a official formal level. So looking at the rules and the funding guidelines or the rules of the prize that you're being nominated for, 
Do you really stack up or is your application going to be dead on arrival? And you also need to consider the unwritten rules. And this is where talking to people who have been successful or unsuccessful in past rounds is very useful because they can give you that informal, unofficial perspective on your prospects. Recycling and repurposing is another way to deal efficiently with rejection. So you will get rejected a lot, but what you can do is take those papers or proposals and recycle and repurpose them for other schemes. Now, funding rules preclude you from having it, most of these submitted in parallel at the same time, but what you can do is become very quick and efficient at turning these applications around, taking on board a little bit of the feedback and getting it right back into the consideration process. At any point in your career, you will likely have a bunch of rejected applications, proposals, papers lying around. Effective and efficient academics make sure that these almost always end up somewhere, even if it's several years later. Waste not, want not, so to speak. There's also the issue of managing the mental toll that rejection can have on you, but there are some simple things you can do to lessen its effect. Firstly, you can avoid checking outcomes while you are on holiday or with your friends and family. There's nothing more corrosive to your downtime than having bad news like a grant or paper rejection come through. Another thing you can do when you receive news of a rejection is quarantine it. Often after having just received the news, you're not in the best frame of mind to deal with it. Deliberately quarantining it, not thinking about it for a few days can give you a little bit of space so that when you do think about what you're gonna do next, you're in a much calmer, more rational state of mind. One of the good things about rejection is often you are not the only one who has been rejected for the particular opportunity that you are applying for. And there can be a lot of great cathartic sharing of frustration, annoyance, if you get together with some of the other people who have also been rejected in that same round. Uh, it can be incredibly healing. Getting rejected can always be quite brutal, especially early on in your career, but it can get easier as you become more senior and more experienced. One of the things that more senior academics know is the statistics. So they know that over the long term, they're going to have a certain level of success. And so while an individual rejection can be quite stressful, they know over the long term and over the numbers that a certain number of their proposals or papers or whatever it is they're submitting are going to be successful. And this can be quite reassuring. Rejection will always be a part of your professional career, but the right types of rejection where you get constructive feedback is all part of your career development journey. By definition, if you cared enough to submit the thing in the first place, then rejection will always sting a little and this is fine. When you do have success, one of the things you should do is celebrate that success and do it soon. Another rejection is always just around the corner, unfortunately, and so it pays to be quite timely in celebrating those wonderful successes that you have. So when you get a win, take the time and celebrate it.